As I said, we're in this uh, third episode of uh, finding, keeping faith, you know, Ruth and Naomi and this story. Um, and so we're in the third episode, uh, which is there. We've got one more to go after this one, um, and that's the picture to go with it. I want to start with this question. What does everyone really want? What does their heart long for? Uh, deep down in their hearts, what do we want? I don't know if you think about that question, but uh, actually I think that something that we all long for is to be loved. We actually long for someone to belong to someone who never stops loving us. If we could find someone who would never stop loving us, wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, it's why it's so painful, really, when our parents get old and leave us. It's, it's why it's painful when potential relationships fizzle out. We, we wished it would be more, and it comes to nothing. You just heard me say in the kids' lot that Ruth is a love story, and on one level that's obvious, isn't it? It's about a romance between a man called Boaz and a girl called Ruth. But what's less obvious is that it's actually about God's love for us. God's unchanging love for those he has already saved, despite their continued attempts to push him away. This is about a God whose love continues to pursue them. We'll be thinking a bit more about this next week with the last chapter. But it's also about God's love for outsiders like Ruth in bringing them in, and we'll be thinking about this this week. And maybe you're like Ruth. You've never grown up knowing or hearing about the love God has for you. This is that story about God's love for outsiders. Um, so the, I'm just going to show you uh, this, which is uh, the first thing we're going to see in the, in the story. And it's a risky proposal in verses 1 to 9. Uh, let me fill you in in the backstory that's happened so far. It's been a few months since these two, uh, two met in the fields. Uh, we're told that Ruth, she took Boaz up on his kind offer of protection by being able to stay working in his field. She kept close to his women. And it's the end of the wheat harvest. We saw that in the last verse of the last chapter. And actually with the end of the harvest, what has to happen is they gathered the, the, the grain into, or the wheat into the um, the barn and they have to separate it out because you, can't, you don't eat wheat do you you eat the grain um, and so they'd have a process where they throw it up in the air and the summer breeze would take off the light stuff and the grain heavy grain would fall to the ground that's what we described as as threshing floor the place where Boaz and his men are they're working hard to do that and there's a huge pile of grain so they're not going to leave it unaccompanied they're there, they sleep all, even overnight to protect it from thieves. That's where Boaz and his men are. And um, with this work for Ruth, who's been working in this field, coming to an end, Naomi wants to seek security for Ruth. Ongoing security for him, for her. And that's what she says in verse 1. It says, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz, our relative, with whose young women you were? Previously, Naomi's used the words kinsman redeemer for Boaz. I know not words we use, but it means that as a close relative, 
Boaz has legal rights or ownership of everything belonging to Ruth's uh, widow and even Naomi's widow. All this man has to do is to claim it or to redeem it, to say, I'm, I'm having it, okay? But remember, Ruth is a widow and she's from another land. Um, she has no inheritance of her own. And so whoever does that is actually going to, and becomes her husband, they're going to have to divide their inheritance with all of her offspring. So it's going to be a costly thing for whoever decides to do that. But if someone will do it, and if Boaz will do it, she will gain a full standing among the people of God. And their future hope will be hers. Now, I know this seems world away from us in Dagenham, because I, you know, I have an allotment. I, have, I, give, I give a bit of gardening a go every now and again, maybe slightly more serious than the average. But because it seems world away, worlds away, it's worth us realising now that spiritually we're like Ruth. Uh, let me show you this, uh, this verse from the Bible. It's from another part of the Bible. It's about life without Jesus. And the description is, remember that you were at that time separated from Jesus. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. And you were strangers to the covenant of promise. You were having no hope and without God in the world. That sounds a little bit like Ruth. Alienated. You're not one of Israel. You're not a Jew. Uh, You're strangers to the promise of God. And you have no hope and, and without God. So, although Ruth has this need for someone to be her redeemer, this verse tells us that actually we need that too. It tells us really that no one's neutral. We all start off as outsiders where God's concerned, and we need to be brought in. That otherwise, if that doesn't happen, what's true of us now, these words, no hope without God, that will become our future rea- eternal reality. So we start to see this is a big deal. It's a big deal not just for Ruth, it's a big deal for us. But actually, if Ruth can be brought in, if she can be redeemed, then we can too. And if Ruth needs someone else to do that, then we need someone too. So, uh, as we look at Boaz, we'll be thinking about who we need in Jesus. Uh, we, need, we need someone to buy us back, to pay for our sin. And we need someone who can bring us into God's family and inherit eternal life. And we'll be seeing in what Ruth says to Boaz, words of faith. What it means to say Count me in. Uh, So let's pick it up with Naomi. Uh, Where's that? Well, she's got a game plan. Let's have a look at it in verses 2 through to 5. 4. This is the game plan. Uh, See, Boaz is winnowing barley. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. 
As proposals go, this is pretty risky. It's a bit weird. And actually, uh, when I proposed to my wife, Hannah, I tried something risky as well. I wouldn't recommend it. It can very nearly fall flat. Well, actually, a flat is where Hannah lived, and I hadn't quite worked out how I was going to get in. Crack of dawn, didn't want to wake her up, didn't want her to know, wanted to cook her breakfast, hadn't figured out how I was going to get access to the flat. Very nearly failed. Fair to say things worked out, but actually this is, this is far more risky. This isn't normal Jewish engagement, where Naomi would sit down and arrange everything through with Boaz as adults. This is Ruth going in alone to his workplace and his mates at night while he sleeps. And yet in Ruth, verse 5, Ruth agrees. She says, she replied, all that you say I will do. Ruth gets herself ready and goes. Let's look at verse uh, 6. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, she, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then Ruth came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Uh, she carries out all Naomi's instructions. She waits. She sneaks. She uncovers his feet. She lies down. Ruth must have been incredibly nervous. I mean, proposals are nerve-wracking as they are, but this is, this is another level, really. She must have been incredibly nervous. And so she should be, because this could go badly wrong. It's dangerous. If Boaz thinks she's an intruder... In the middle of the night, she can't see who she is. He would raise the alarm, you know, or, or maybe even deal a few blows. This could, this could be really dangerous for her. And when something wakes Boaz, he rolls over to find someone at his feet. His question, who are you? I think that's a pretty good question. The next one would surely be, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's Ruth's big moment now. What will she say to him? There's no script from Naomi for this point. But Ruth makes a request that shows faith. Ruth makes a request that shows faith. That's the second thing we're going to see. It's a big request in verse 9. Let's read verse 9. Boaz said, who are you? Ruth answered, I'm Ruth. Your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. It's a big request, but actually there's nothing showy or clever about the way she puts it. She actually makes what Boaz has previously said to her, the basis for that request. Um, I put two things on your sheet. Um, there's two things that refer back to what was said in, verse, in chapter 2, uh, from Boaz to Ruth. The first thing shows she's been listening she says, Ruth, your servant. And in chapter 2, she wasn't a ser- even one of Boaz's um, uh, servants. She was an outsider. She was a foreigner. And now she's referred to herself as your servant. The second thing is that she says this thing, which is spread your wings. Uh, and that's odd. But it means 
that she's asking for the protection to come over her. That, that you know, if, if Boaz is going to um, bring her under his protection, that's where she wants to be. And actually that refers back to chapter 2 because Boaz has said to her, you have come to seek refuge under the wings of God. So she's making a direct connection between what Boaz can do for her and what God can do for her. And the basis for her appeal, you'll notice, isn't herself or the duty Boaz has to fulfill. She actually comes to him on his terms and not her own. It's entirely based on what he said already to her. She trusts him and takes him at his word. That's what she does. You see that? Nothing clever. She's just taking him at his word. And uh, don't worry about that when it rains, the windows burst into life. So it's raining. Um, and Boaz is, how's Boaz going to respond to her? I mean, he doesn't need to do this. He's got everything, she's got nothing. What's he going to say? Well, he says this in verse 10. He says, may you be blessed by the Lord. My daughter, you have made this kindness greater than the first. You have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And um, this kindness that Boaz speaks of, it's not so much kindness to him, I don't think, but it's to Naomi, her mother-in-law. After all, Naomi is encouraging this match. And Boaz later says how respected Ruth is by everyone. She could quite have easily got herself a better catch in terms of a younger bloke. Uh, but actually, it wouldn't be one that would provide for Naomi. So she's not just thinking of herself here. She's thinking of Naomi. So the first kindness we saw in, in this book is that Naomi was willing to go, Ruth was willing to go from Moab, her family there, to leave her people and be with Ruth, uh, Naomi. Now we see that Ruth is even willing to start a new family for her mother-in-law. This is incredibly honourable. Like, some of you here have older mums and dads that you know to look after them and to sacrificially do that is a really honorable thing to do and it's it's really sacrificial it takes quite a lot of trust to do that um boaz's response to her is actually a big promise and this is the last thing we're going to see a big promise let's read from it in verse 10 he says this Verse 11, and now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Boaz is in love with Ruth. He's in love with her. And he is ready to redeem both her and Naomi. You can see that. He wants to do it. And he gives Ruth his word that they will be redeemed. She can trust that Boaz will stay true to his word. There's an implication. Uh, He needs to go and speak to the guy who has the first rights to do that. But she will be redeemed. He gives her his promise. 
And Naomi was right on one thing. She said at the start that Boaz will know exactly what to do and tell Ruth. And actually, there'll be no delay. It will be resolved the next day. Uh, Here we see Boaz's integrity. He doesn't shortcut unfairness to get what he wants. But it is a kind of heart-in-your-mouth moment for a romantic story, isn't it? This guy, this other guy could end up with Ruth. And she would have the security, but they wouldn't be together. This is a, this is a big uh, stop, stopping point, isn't it? What's going to happen? I'm not sure how strongly Boaz really meant when he said, if he will redeem, then good. He, he wants to redeem Ruth. Um, he has high regard for her. And so do other people. And Boaz, if you see in verse 14, Boaz wants to uphold her reputation. He doesn't want anything bad said about her. He says this, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. It will bring accusations, rumours, scandal, and he wants to protect Ruth from that. He's defending her honour. He cares about her. And Boaz has told Ruth not to return empty to her mother-in-law. And actually, if you were there back in chapter 1, Naomi was really upset about what was going on in her life. And she made this statement. She said, I've got nothing. I'm empty. And actually, Boaz is giving Ruth the opportunity to return to her mother-in-law and actually reverse that emptiness. So Boaz wants Ruth to be honoured in the eyes of Naomi. He really cares about that. She's honourable. She's worthy. He wants other people to see that. Well, we've got to wait until next week to see who gets to marry Ruth. I'm sorry about that. Um, So you have to come back. Uh, But we've been thinking about this in previous weeks. um, And we've seen that actually we can put our security or our hope for the future in all the wrong places. Uh, We often put it in other people, or possessions, or our prospects in our job, our career. And this story has been showing us how fragile those things are. And yet there is true security in God. Uh, Let me take you back to this uh, verse in just a moment. But we'll start to think what we can take home from this story so far. If you're new to church, I hope you can see that actually Ruth says that God loves to bring in outsiders. He doesn't do it begrudgingly because he has to, dutifully. He does it because he loves to. He does it joyfully and unexpectedly. And that means he can bring you in too. Like Ruth, you don't have to wait for the perfect conditions or rehearse the most persuasive speech on how you should be accepted. In fact, like Ruth, you can simply approach God on his terms with a simple request. You can actually come to God with his own words. What he's already said, you can be sure of. This verse is actually a verse, it's actually words written to people who were on the outside but have been brought in. And this is really helpful for us because it shows us, doesn't it, that actually um, 
It says in verse 13, but now in Jesus, you have been, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The way that you can be brought into the relationship with God isn't what you can do, but what God has done for you in Jesus. The fact that he was willing to give his life so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be one of his, uh, his family and have the inheritance of eternal life. Um, so that tells us what, uh, what you uh, can look for. How can you be brought near? By the blood of Jesus. And when God does that, he brings you into his love for you. It's a love that never ends, and it's a love that won't hear a bad word said about you. Um, But if you're used to church, then we can be a bit like Naomi. Naomi started to think finding rest was something she was doing for Ruth. Should I not? And if it was down to Naomi, it would have actually fell on deaf ears. Because we can't bargain our way into God's kingdom. We can't come with our own ideas. First thing is to do what Ruth, see what Ruth saw, which is that we've got nothing going for us. Only then will we approach God entirely on his terms and not our own. We need to be humble to see that we are entirely unworthy of what he's offering. And actually, if you're a Christian and you're a real believer, there's another danger. And I think it's for those, uh, for us. Uh, it struck me that Naomi isn't really at the centre of the action here. She's at the sidelines. She's, she's in the dugout. She's watching from a distance, yeah? And, and we saw in week one that she seems to have forgotten that God loves her. She's very keen for Ruth to... Uh, come into the kindness of God, to see God's kindness to her, to be brought into God's family. She's she's absolutely sold on that. But where's she? Watching. And actually, I think, even though there's been evidence upon evidence of God's love for her, she's just not seen it. And we need to be careful, don't we, that we don't just think that Jesus is good news for those who need to hear it. Jesus is our redeemer and he loves us. And so if you are already one of his children, you, you know, we need to keep amazed at the fact that he would love us. We need to keep hearing it. And when we hear it, we need to not think, you know what, that's great news for them. That's, that's good news that they need to hear. It, it's good news for me. Um. We might be keen to push other forward outsiders to hear about Jesus, but have we forgotten that it is good news for us? Why don't you soak in the enjoyment of the Redeemer who loves you, who set his love upon you? And why not thank him for that? Now let's pray together. Father, thank you that in Jesus we have a Redeemer, that he is not just able but willing to associate with us sinners and to share everything he has, the glory of eternity in your house. Thank you for your rich love for us while we were unlovely and while we were outside of your promise. Help us to take you at your word, to believe when you say that your death 
is a full payment is sufficient to do that. Help us to see ourselves as those who are bought and belong to you. Help us to enjoy the confident security and the fullness of being your bride. And help us to speak about your offer to others and to share the hope and future that you bring outsiders into. Amen. I'll stop it there.